Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from Mystic Monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, America! Father Justin Wall. And I'm Father Josh Wall. And we are the Sons, Sons of Thunder! I love how you kind of sing that. I do. You're like, and we <laughs> are the champions, my friends. Welcome back, everybody. We've had one heck of a show. We've got 21 seminarians with us out here uh, at Lake Isabel. We have the assistant vocation director, Father Jordan Dosh, joining us live right now at the table. We have Father Josh Waltz uh, to my right, and we are out at Lake Isabel. Last time we were at Schweitzer Meats, you'd never know where you're going to find the Sons of Thunder. We are presently waiting for our next guest, Bishop John Lavore. Bishop, are you with us? I am. Hey, Bishop, how are you doing? Say, uh, I, how are you? Oh, we're doing really well. Say, I, I think um, it was probably about four or five years ago I was down in New Ulm, and I, I uh, met with you and the handmaid. So I'm really good friends with Father... Um, Oh, no. <laughs> Weary? Yes, Matt Weary. That's that was good friend of yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. oh, vocation director down there. So. Right, right. Anyway, yeah. it was great to be with you guys. Yeah, it's, it's always great. You know, the handmaids have a number of priests that come through, and uh, so I'm able to meet, you know, meet them, and it's it's great support for them. Yeah, and even we have uh, on uh, on the air with us Ben Warner. He's one of our seminarians, and okay. uh, his sister is uh, Allison Warner, also known as Sister Therese Marie. 
Oh, uh, sure. She's one of the, yeah, she's one of the handmaids. So he's with us right now, too, on, on the air. Well, great. Yeah, Sister Therese is great. Lots of enthusiasm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. Bishop, we wanted to talk to you uh, a little bit about the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary um, this morning. So I'm wondering if maybe you can just kind of start out with a real general understanding of the Assumption. Yeah, the um, uh, Assumption was, you know, it's been part of the... Uh, church's uh, theology history for uh, ever since uh, the beginning of of the church and um, in 1950 uh, uh, Pius XII uh, issued an encyclical uh, defining the assumption of Mary into heaven that she was taken body and soul at the end of her life here on earth into heaven and uh so uh that is that's where she is now glorified and all beautiful and uh waiting for us to join her so i i remember i was uh in um uh i wasn't quite in grade school yet but my mother told me about the encyclical and what it meant and so forth so to be alive you know at that that point in 1950 uh was was quite a privilege Bishop, do you know uh, why Pius XII released that? I mean, I, I, it's always basically been an under, an, you know, in the background understanding of the church for two millennia. Was there a, a particular need to clarify that at that point in church history? You know, I think so. Uh, those are, you know, when a, when an uh, encyclical is issued like this, defining a, a dogma, um, I think, you know, uh, Pius uh, heard from the bishops throughout the world uh, that this would be something that would be helpful for uh, people's faith. And uh, it was a positive thing. You know, a lot of times uh, we hear about the Church saying no to this or no to that or this is wrong and so forth. But this was a positive thing. And, and uh, Pius heard, uh, he solicited uh, feedback from, from the bishops of the world, and uh, they said, yeah, our lay people are, you know, are very much wanting this, and uh, so then that was an incentive for him, uh, really a, a, a um, uh, uh, kind of a uh, go ahead, you know, this is, this is going to be good for the church. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that was, you know, that was part of our our faith, you know, that Mary had had been assumed into heaven. So Pius had put his stamp of approval, so to speak, on it. <laughs> so, nice. Yep, yep. Say, Bishop, this is Father Jordan Dosh. I, I have a question or a clarification for you. So you said this came in 1950, you know, barely 60, 70 years ago. And the right. church takes a lot of pride in being, you know, 2,000 years old, that our doctrine hasn't changed. But how can we say that our doctrine and our beliefs haven't changed when we just received this teaching? Right, yeah, it, actually it, it had been part of, you know, the church's uh, teaching and history um, since the beginning, and uh, so it was part of the deposit of faith, and uh, it, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when there's a need in order to uh, make sure people understand uh, what 
kind of happened to the Blessed Mother uh, that uh, there's a need to to do this, to issue this encyclical and um, to let people know, yes, this has been present in the Church from the beginning, and now we're, uh, we're saying uh, in a definitive way that this has happened so that you can put your faith in it, uh, you can believe in it. Um, so, um, so evidently there was, you know, this need, and Pius XII fulfilled that by, it's more of a declaration rather than changing anything. It's saying this is the way it was from the beginning, and now we're letting you know for sure. It really, I think, lays a heavy emphasis on, you know, that particular teaching about Our Lady bringing her more front and center. It's almost as if God at that particular point in time decided, even though we've had this teaching for from the very beginning, we, we now need to, you know, get it into the doctrine, put it front and center stage for the Catholic faithful to maybe enter into a a, a, a deeper relationship. No, that's true, and uh, it you know not only tells us the assumption not not only tells us something about Mary, but about ourselves, uh, because that's where we hope to be one day. You know, when when Jesus comes for the second time, he'll raise our our mortal bodies and make them like his own, glorified, beautiful, and unite them with our souls. And uh, that's you know that's where where we're meant to to be as well as where where Mary is now in heaven and glorified and uh, enjoying eternal life with our Lord. So uh, it's, you know, it tells us something about Mary, but also about ourselves. And I think that's a, a, an important point for people to realize. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've always found it a little bit uh, odd to me when people don't want uh, to glorify the Blessed Virgin Mary. Number one, obviously she's the Queen of Heaven. Number two, she is the Mother of our Lord. But I mean, don't we want everybody to be there? So if even one more of us is already glorified in heaven, great. You know, that's a great sign to the rest of us that that's, in fact, you know, where where we're going. We were just speaking on our last segment a little bit about the fact that this glorified body is sort of the goal of the whole faith. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree, Bishop? Well, you know... Our, you know, the the salvation of souls is uh, is the uh, highest work of the church, and uh, so when we see, you know, a human person uh, glorified and beautiful, brought to fulfillment in Christ, uh, it's good, you know, for for everybody, and uh, again tells us something about our human nature, and so we rejoice, you know, we rejoice in the good things that uh, happen to to any human being. And this is the the highest good uh, that that can happen. So um, uh, so she she's waiting for us. She's she's up there and hasn't forgotten about us. You know, sometimes people think, well, Mary was assumed in heaven, so she forgot about us. Well, no, that's not the case. As we know, uh, she's intimately concerned with us and wants us to join her in the beauty of heaven. Well, maybe even along those lines, Bishop, you could talk a little bit about your own, you know, devotion to Our Lady and how that, you know, played out maybe in your priesthood and your episcopacy, all types of places. Right, right. I've I've always had, you know, devotion to our Blessed Mother. It comes from my mom and dad. They both did. And uh, uh, my, uh, my parents taught. You know, taught us how to pray the rosary, and uh, and and it was a a real 
a balanced devotion to our Blessed Mother. It wasn't, you know, that she's uh, equal to to Jesus and um, that kind of thing, but rather she's she's uh, the way to our Lord and to honor her for what she's done uh, and to seek her help as as we go through life. And she's helped me so many times. I'm sure many many more times than I I realize. When I get to heaven, she'll let me know how many <laughs> many times she's helped me and prevented things from happening that would not be for my good. And uh, But uh, especially through the seminary, she's helped uh, through the priesthood and now, um, you know, guiding me in, uh, in my uh, episcopacy is uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't uh, imagine what life would be without her and uh, the protection that she gives and as you know our diocese has gone through some difficulties we had to file bankruptcy and um, you know our blessed mother has helped the victims the survivors uh, help the diocese uh, and so again that's I'm I'm just so grateful to her for her protection and help Excellent. Bishop, have you ever, or have you heard of the the consecration uh, to the Blessed Virgin or to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary of Saint Louis de Montfort before? Oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So have, have, have you done that in your in your in your life? You know, I never formally did that, um, but you know, uh, I just. Uh, haven't seen a. Uh, I know people that do that have a. You know they they love it. I mean, but I I tell right. Mary that I'm dedicated to her and and uh, so I feel I have that strong relationship with our Blessed Mother. But certainly that's a a wonderful practice. Many people have done it. And uh, uh, who knows? You know, I've got a few more years left in life, and <laughs> I, I, I've got I've got the book. So, uh, as a matter of fact, it's sitting, you know, right on my credenza behind me. So um, uh, every day I see it. So one of these days, I, I may very well do it. Do you find, Bishop, that like a lot of people, uh, maybe in your own ministry, that they were? opposed like especially our protestant brothers and sisters that they're opposed to the blessed virgin mary and uh and and maybe a way i i remember hearing it i don't know if it was in seminary or a spiritual director but they said it's very easy to believe in the assumption of the blessed virgin mary because if jesus ascended into heaven and mary gave birth to jesus then part of mary is already in jesus and in heaven so what's the big deal with her being assumed into heaven sure. and so like I'm, I'm just wondering if you know if you've you know, did you have any run-ins like that, or are there ways, different ways that you dealt with it, uh, especially as a bishop? Right, right. And I, there are there are, are people who uh, are really concerned about our devotion to Mary as as Catholics, and um, it's you know I just point out that it's it's scriptural, and Mary's you know in the in the gospel, so um, we're just you know going by the scriptures and and by the uh also by the tradition tradition of the church so um uh mary has has always been there you read the you know from the fathers of the church you know way back at the beginning uh with the devotion that they had to our blessed mother so it's something that's been with the church uh from biblical times all the way up to today so i just encourage people to take a second look and uh, 
uh, read the scriptures about Mary and what she's done. And uh, to point out, we we don't uh, worship Mary, we only worship God, uh, but that we venerate Mary because of the role that she's played. Just as we honor any anyone in our own day who lives a who lives a Christian life, you know, we say, well, that's exactly. that's great, yeah. Bishop, in these last couple of minutes, the Assumption is coming up this Thursday, and obviously is a holy day of <coughs> obligation. Could you just maybe give a reminder for the listeners to make it a priority to get to Mass? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, the Church thinks uh, so highly of the Blessed Mother that uh, the Assumption is a holy day of obligation, and uh, to make that uh, a priority, um, whether it be uh, tomorrow evening, you know, there's evening Masses, or uh, on Thursday itself, uh, the Feast of Our Blessed Mother. So um, this is, you know, a way we can honor Mary, and we may not feel like going to Mass, but once we get there, you know, things change, and we're very happy we've gone. So that's what I would encourage people to, if they if they kind of not looking forward to it, go and see what our Blessed Mother has, has planned for them. Awesome. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you for yeah. sharing more with us about the beauty of the Assumption this morning. Up next, we look forward to hearing about the great local events during our 10-minute tour. Later in the show, you've heard his voice on Morning Glory. Hear more about Deacon Harold Burke Sivers on his visit to Bismarck, North Dakota in October for the Thirst Conference. We're coming to you live from the Diocese of Bismarck Seminary and Gathering at Lake Isabel. I'm, I'm Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And, and we are the Sons of Thunder. And I'm always second. We'll see you after the break. Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota will be offering an inner healing retreat October 11th through the 13th with Jane Bars and Mike Schneider of the Matthew Ministry. This retreat, which begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon, offers hope and freedom to those seeking a way out of hurt and sorrow. For more information about the ministry, visit thematthewministry.com. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.com. Org. Attend a Catholic United Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic United rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to one 800 568 to save your seat. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. 
Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Yes, and we're back. We are back at Saint at the Lake Isabel in North Dakota. We're at the Bismarck Diocese Seminarian Retreat. And my name is Mike Kedrowski. The Sons of Thunder are taking a well-deserved break, and we are off on the 10-minute tour. And that's uh, Eli's car. He's going to lead us around the network. And first of all, we go to Hague, North Dakota, at St. Mary's Catholic Church. We have Lisa on the the phone. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. And thank you for being on the live show this morning. What's happening in Hague, North Dakota this morning? Well, on Sunday, September 8th, St. Mary's Catholic Church in Hague will be hosting their annual Fall Supper at the church. We have an excellent menu. We're serving Swiss steak, hamburger rice, dressing, homemade pie with all the trimmings. We do bingo at 6.30 at the KC Hall, located also in Hague. And we will have raffle tickets available for purchase. And we have many prizes in our raffle. We have 116 prizes. Wow. And uh, where, uh, is this a a benefit? Uh, The proceeds will go uh, where, uh, Lisa? It's an annual um, supper that we have, and it benefits the church. We're a small community, a small church, so this is a big fundraiser for us. We do it every year. Yes, go ahead. We do it every year, the first Sunday after Labor Day. I was just going to say that uh, the Hague community is a smaller one, but my goodness, what a Catholic community and what a beautiful St. Mary's Catholic Church you have. And and so uh, a little bit more about your annual Fall Supper. How long has this been going on, Lisa? Well, it had been a long-standing standing tradition in the church, and it stopped in the 70s for about 10 or 15 years, and we got it going again back in the 80s, and we've been going ever since. We usually serve between 550 and 650 people. Wow, what an event for Hague, North Dakota. And again, this is uh, Sunday, September 8th, and what time does it start? Starting at 5 p.m. Wonderful. Well, Lisa, thank you for being on the live show this morning. Uh, we, uh, you have a blessed day. Thank you. And we're off to Virginia, Minnesota, the Knights of Columbus Men's Backyard Barbecue. All men are invited to attend the Knights of Columbus Backyard Barbecue on Wednesday, August 14th. Now, this will be held outside uh, unless the weather is bad. Then we'll go inside it, it looks like. 
Uh, Join us for Mass at Holy Spirit Church in Virginia at 515. And then, weather permitting, come on over for some great food, fun, and fellowship. Bring a dish to share and some friends. And for more information, call or text Paul at 218-464-8385. And again, this is happening in Virginia, Minnesota, the Knights of Columbus. God bless the Knights of Columbus. Uh, Men's Backyard Barbecue. And uh, again, that's Wednesday, August 14th. Uh, Going on now to Rapid City, South Dakota, the St. Therese Church in Rapid City. We have a Knights of Columbus breakfast going on. And on the second Sunday of each month, St. Therese Church in Rapid City invites you to uh, enjoy a wonderful pancake breakfast while helping support the children of the area. Doesn't the, the case for support doesn't get any better than that, folks. The Knights of Columbus Council 8025 serves up their famous pancakes from 8.30 till 10.30 a.m. This is a beautiful opportunity to gather with your friends in the community or make some new ones. All proceeds go to the local children's charities. This is St. Therese Church in Rapid City. The second Sunday of each month uh, invites you to enjoy their wonderful, famous pancake breakfast. And now we go to Dickinson, North Dakota. We have the ride to the race on the range. And uh, we're hoping we have Ryan on the phone. You do have Ryan on the phone. How are you, Mike? Well, good good morning, Ryan. Thank you very much for joining us at the li- in the live show here this morning. And, uh, gee, what an exciting event going on in Dickinson. Can you tell me about it? It is actually what it is. What it is is a ride to the Greaseman Range. So uh, we're going to start a ride, a motorcycle or car. If you want to bring your car, uh, we'll start at Queen of Peace Church. Uh, registration at 9 a.m. Uh, from there, we'll travel. It's thirty dollars for person to enter. Thirty. From there, we will travel over to the home on the range, uh, where the Beach MMA Mountain Trail Motocross Association will be putting on uh, a recross motocross race for uh, not only the people that come to the Home on the range to watch with the kids there, especially. So um, it's $30 for the ride. There will be concessions there with a band to follow. It's $10 entry fee to get into the to watch the race. Um, so basically, it's a day of motorcycles, cars, anything cool, fast. Um, and all the benefits, all the proceeds will be going to Home on the Range. So the more people we get there, the more uh, money we generate, the better off the Home on the Range is. Yes, Ryan. Well, thank you for sharing that. This is the first annual, it says here. So, was this your brainchild, Ryan? Uh, I, I guess. You can come out that with the help of some great people. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, uh, definitely going to put this on. And uh, like you said, it's the first annual. We want this to happen every year um, and help out people that need help. Okay, and uh, for more information, uh, they, can, they can call you, Ryan at uh, 701-495-1053. Thank you very much, Ryan, for joining us on the live show this morning, and best of luck with the first annual ride to the race on the range. Thank you. God bless you guys. And God bless you. Now we're off to Duluth, Minnesota. 
built upon a rock fest with a live preview show. The bands are booked, ladies and gentlemen. The bands are booked for the third annual built upon a rock fest on September 14th. Join Catholic recording artist Father Kevin McGoldrick and Dana Catherine for a free concert in Duluth, Minnesota. The performances will be high energy and entertaining, while at the same time delivering a powerful Catholic message. Check out builtuponrockfest.com for all the details. Built Upon a Rockfest, spreading the love of Jesus Christ through music that rocks. And again, folks, that is in Duluth, Minnesota, and it is the third annual Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. And again, the, the Catholic recording artists are Father Kevin McGoldrick and Dana Catherine and for, for this free concert in Duluth, Minnesota. And so we have uh, lots of events going around the network, folks. Uh, again, those included the, uh, the annual Fall Supper at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Hague. And uh, we have the Casey Men's Backyard Barbecue in Virginia, Minnesota. And we have the St. Therese Casey Breakfast in Rapid City. And of, then the ride to the race on the Home on the Range in Dickinson. Well, folks, we are about uh, done with the 10-minute tour. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, coming up next, Morning Glory. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rockfest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rockfest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rockfest on September 14th. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday, the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst the only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 
Attend a Catholic United Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic United rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to save your seat. Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. Brothers in blood. Brothers in the priesthood. It's good to be back with everybody after the 10-minute tour. We want to uh, bring our next guest on. Welcome, Deacon Harold Burke Severs. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. It's great to be with you, uh, esteemed fathers, this morning. <laughs> well, you listen to him every morning on Morning Glory and Glory Purvis, but he's now coming to Bismarck for the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference. Deacon, are you there with me? I am here. Okay, yeah, we're out at Lake Isabel in North Dakota, and we're on uh, a connection that every now and then just drops a little bit. So, uh, again, welcome to the <laughs> <Okay>. show. <laughs> uh, we're here out here with 21 seminarians and uh, having a great time. We thought it'd be fun to do the show out here, but you know how technology works. But uh, you got a morning oh, yeah. show, right, Deacon? Morning Glory? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Morning Glory is uh, EWTN's flagship morning show. It's on from 7 to 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, which is an early call for me. That's 4 to 5 a.m. my time out on the West Coast wow. in Oregon. So I got to get up at like 3.15, man. Yeah, it's live, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's dedication to the gospel if I've ever heard it before. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been a deacon? Yeah, I've been ordained uh, November. will be 17 years. As a deacon, um, I, was, uh, I grew up in New Jersey. I'm originally from Barbados. We immigrated to the United States when I was two. I grew up in uh, New Jersey and um, went to a Benedictine high school and thought I might have a call to the priesthood and eventually uh, discerned uh, a call to the Benedictines and went there and discerned and discerned out and uh, ended up getting married and uh, becoming a deacon back in 2002, and it's been uh, an incredible journey. thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry about the fact that we just dropped again. We're out here at Lake Isabel, but we are interviewing Deacon Bert, Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, Deacon, you, you with us again here? 
Yes, I'm here. Okay, we're going to figure this out one way or another, but I think we basically introduced you. Uh, we talked a little bit about your show. Deacon, uh, I was just basically wondering how you got from Jersey out to Oregon. Are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. My wife is from Oregon, and she didn't like the East Coast, so we are in Oregon. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes God puts you not where you want to be, but where he needs you. You know, and the fact is, right. all the amazing things that's happened in my life, with my vocation and the EWTN television series and writing books and traveling around the world, would not have happened had I not been here in Oregon at the time that I was here. Um, so God's timing is always perfect. Did you, uh, you were ordained then out in, in Oregon? Yes, for the Archdiocese of Portland, Oregon. Yep, back in November 2002. Uh, yeah, what's your, what's your parish out there now? Immaculate Heart of Mary. And uh, it's wonderful how the Blessed Mother's been a part of my life for a long time. You know, I was, uh, I'm the first baptized Catholic in the history of my family, and I was baptized at Our Lady Queen of the Universe. I grew up in a parish, That's Christ a great the King, name. Son of Mary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Christ the King, Son of Mary, uh, when I was in the monastery, the church was St. Mary's, I went to Notre Dame, our mother. You know, I was ordained in Immaculate Conception Cathedral, and now I serve in Immaculate Heart of Mary. So <laughs> Mary's been a big part of my life for a long time. Yeah, I'd say. What, years were, what year did you go to, you, 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 when you say Notre Dame, you went to the University of Notre Dame? Yes, yep, 84 to 88. What did you study? Uh, economics and business administration. Okay, so in are you just like a a, a full time deacon then, and then also obviously this talk show, or do you do you have a secular job? Yeah, yeah, I had a I had a, a career in campus law enforcement, and uh, I was the chief actually at the University of Portland for eleven years before I left that back in two thousand two and started speaking and writing full time. And uh, like I said, it's okay. been an amazing journey. I'm about to go to Australia next week, and then to uh, France, Spain, and Portugal. And um, you know, God is uh, God is so, so incredible. When you give your life completely to Him and trust Him fully, He can do incredible things with with, uh, with your life. So, how did you go from uh, you know law enforcement? Like, what was the call that got you into public, your, you know, Christian speaking and writing and well, all that? You, that's a great question, Father. Because when I left the monastery, I left because my mom got sick. Not because, like, I wanted to leave. I left because I had to leave. My parents were divorced. Right. I'm the oldest, and I had to take care of my uh -huh. mom and my sister, who was still in high school. And so when I was out of the monastery, I was supposed to be out temporarily, but then I went to a wedding and met the woman who ended up being my wife, so I didn't go back. So, <laughs> so I still felt <laughs> a pull or a tug, an attraction, you know, and when I got to Oregon, you know, I discovered that call is fulfilled uh, in the certain call to the diaconate. You know, so and that's how, so that's how that happened. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how, so. What you, if I caught it correctly earlier, you were in the uh, Benedictine Monastery. Yes, the Newark Abbey in Newark, New Jersey. So is that was that how was that like thriving at the time, or how's that how's that area with Benedictines? We have them here there, too in yeah, North Dakota. So, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so the, the Saint Benedict's has been around since the 1800s. And after the riots in the 60s, the Newark riots, the monastery split. So the part of, most of the monastery followed the, what they called the white flight out of the city into the suburbs. And so they moved the monastery uh, out there, and it's, it, they run a very, uh, it's to this day, 
it's called St. Mary's Abbey, and they have um, a, run a very high-end prep school called Del Barton. But then some of the monks okay. said, no, we were founded here. We need to serve the people here. So they stayed, and they changed the abbey to Newark Abbey, but kept the name of the high school, St. Benedict's Prep. And that's where uh, where I went. And, um, you know, very love that community. Um, there were about 30 monks when I was there. There's probably about, uh, I was probably about 18 or so now. And they're growing. They're getting so they're still vocations. doing, yeah. That's awesome, man. If you, I'm convinced if you just stick to the rule, whatever the monastery is, it's going to thrive. Yeah, amen. So, so if I'm hearing that correctly, though, uh, the, the, the Benedict sounds like the Benedictines that, that maybe were a little afraid of the riots headed out into the suburbs and the hardcore guys stuck around in the, the downtown area. Yeah, and, you know, they, and the, the school is thriving. You know, they're serving the uh, underserved kids in that community, and, and they're, they're turning kids from the hood into scholars. You know, I went to Notre Dame. We had yeah. kids that went to Harvard and Dartmouth and, um, you know, um, mm. uh, uh, schools all over the all over the United States, you know, Swarthmore. And, you know, and, and, and uh, they're doing a, a tremendous job. You know, we've, we've had Olympians at the school. We've had, you know, uh, great athletes, but also great scholars, you know. So it's just a, a beautiful place. And the partnerships they have with the community and even with the Navy, U.S. Naval Academy comes and does trainings there on, on, uh, on the, at the school. So it's just uh, it's phenomenal. In fact, they were featured on uh, 60 Minutes uh, last year. Mm. So I'm going to have to look them up. I'm uh, the delegate for Catholic Ed in my diocese, and I'm convinced, as you are, that Catholic education at its finest does more for people's lives than uh, does more for the world. Yeah, it's it's totally essential. Now, uh, you're coming to the Thirst Conference here in Bismarck. Um, you're one of the speakers. What are you looking forward to, real quickly, uh, the most about coming out to Bismarck? Well, you, you keep seeing uh, study after study, sermon after sermon. It says people's uh, Catholic faith in the Eucharist is as really low. They don't even believe Jesus is really present in the Eucharist, and I am thrilled and excited to be coming to a conference devoted to the Eucharist. We could talk about Jesus, real present in the Eucharist, and how it's life-transforming. And uh, and I'm going to talk about evangelization and um, how parents can prepare their children for heaven, looking at it through the lens of the Eucharistic heart of Christ. I'm That's looking awesome. forward to meeting yeah, you. Yeah, man, can't wait to meet you. Deacon, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story with us. We look forward to having you in North Dakota. Coming up, we're going around the world in 60 seconds and dive deeper into the events affecting Catholics near and far. We are live from the Diocese of Bismarck Seminary and Summer Gathering at Lake Isabel. I'm Father Josh Waltz. And I'm Father Justin Waltz. And we are the, the Sons, Sons of Thunder. We'll see you after the break. Attend a Catholic United Financial Workshop with Brian Zitzman, your local Catholic United rep on end-of-life issues from a Catholic perspective. Our speakers will discuss Catholic Church teachings on health care directives, protecting human dignity, and end-of-life financial issues. The free workshops will be at 7 p.m. on August 20th at St. Clara Parish in Clara City, August 28th at St. Joseph Parish in Montevideo, and September 4th at St. Andrew Parish in Granite Falls. Text WORKSHOP to 1-800-568-6670 to see Save your seat. 
Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at BismarckDiocese.com slash Thirst 2019 and download the Thirst app. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, America. I'm Father Justin Woods. And I'm Father Josh Wall. And we are the Sons, Sons of Thunder. Thunder. We're taking you around the world in 60, 60 seconds. seconds. Sacrilegious homosexual dance performed in historic Montreal Catholic Church. An historic Catholic church in Montreal is at the center of a major controversy regarding the use of sacred space for profane and sinful act performed in the sanctuary. Disturbing. All professors suspended. President dismissed as part of the destruction of the John Paul II Institute. The Italian Catholic Enterprise said upcoming the approval of the new statutes of the John Paul II Pontifical Theological Institute that all of the professors have been given a letter in which they have been formally suspended indefinitely. Going in the wrong direction. Pope Benedict meets privately with dismissed JP2 Institute professors Professor expresses solidarity. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI met the Monsignor Livio Melina, who was recently dismissed from the embattled pontifical John Paul II Institute in Rome. Benedetto! Always there when you need him. Priests needed as church growth explodes worldwide. Parishes cannot keep up. The world global Catholic population is growing so quickly. In fact, the priests and parish numbers cannot keep up. This is a study of trends in worldwide church. And that's the subject matter for Catholics Lives Matter. Giving it to you straight. Straight. Thunder. Straight from the lake. We lake care straight. about you. Stir That's the why. pot. Pot's been stirred. We're going to be talking. We're live. We're here. About things that matter. Seminarians live on site. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Site. Great to have uh, our two uh, guys that are one recently ordained, Deacon Marconi. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, the uh, Christian Smith, who will be ordained in October in Rome. Looking forward to that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so these are two guys uh, that will be deacons together eventually by October. And then uh, June, the Feast of St. Barnabas. Uh, will be ordained to the sacred priesthood. So maybe Deacon Mark, first with you. Uh, you know, we as we were talking about, we we're going around the world, and it says the global Catholic population is growing. It's growing uh, so quickly, in fact, that the priests and parish numbers cannot keep up. Says a new study on trends in the worldwide church. What I mean, are you are you excited to get into ministry? What what's what's going to be the thing that you want to focus on the most? Where do you feel called to the most? Absolutely, I th- I think. 
Pope Francis's message of evangelization is really taking off in the world, and the Catholic faith is and priests are starting to embrace the importance of evangelization, and we're seeing that in the in the growth in the Catholic Church and the truth. I mean, people. There's so many watered down religions out there that people are are, are searching for the truth. And they find the truth within our Catholic faith. I've found it. it whenever, I, like, whenever I preach, and like this last weekend was a classic example. I preached on the, the the evil of pornography, and I remember like before preaching, like just having like this overwhelming sense, like you know, like don't do this. This is a bad idea. You know, just the enemy working on you. And you get up and you talk about it, and you give it to him straight, which is what we do here at the Sons of Thunder show. We mm-hmm. give it to you straight, and when you do that. It was amazing. People came out and they're like, thank you. Thank you right. for finally talking about this because nobody's talking about it. Christian, what, what, what are you looking forward to the most, you think, in the priesthood? I think preaching, um, you know, just the same thing. Like, it's for me, spiritually, to wrestle with the scriptures, um, to think about them, to think, like, what do I want to tell the people? I mean, mostly, what do I want to tell, like, myself? Like, that's kind of the, the thing that, Yeah, you, you know, preach to yourself when you preach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can really tell, like, a priest's spiritual life by the way that he preaches. Um, and so to kind of have that accountability um, and to just, like, really wrestle with it is something that I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've noticed that whenever I'm, whenever I'm preaching that, you know, they always say that when you teach, that the, act, the teacher actually learns more than the student does. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times I think we're just preaching to ourselves uh, as much as we're preaching to the people in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the pews. Here's the thing, too, though. I wanted to maybe touch on this. You guys haven't really had the chance to experience this, but, you know, we are seeing a growth. There's a huge growth, but there's just so much. There's such a lack of catechesis, right? And so we have all. We have a lot of people in the pews, and they know. They really don't know that much about Jesus. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My generation is not catechized. I'm an older vocation, and you know that's the sad thing. The parents to these children aren't catechized, and they don't know the faith. I'm they, with you, man. You know, I mean, I went to Catholic. Well, we went to Catholic we, school back in the '90s. And, we did. You know. And <laughs> And it was a nightmare. I mean, I, I often say, I, you know, it was it was a good school. I got a great education, but my religious formation was was a joke. It was a joke. I could collage my faith. Mm-hmm. I could say Alleluia. Maybe I could make a banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Write my sins on a rock and throw yeah, them in the river. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That was my junior year. We had a penance service, and it was like, no, you didn't write them. On, you conf- they were like, confess your sins to the rock, and if it's un, if it's you know too hard for you to go to confession, well, you just take that rock and throw it into the Missouri River later. Mm-hmm. Well, I ran into a good friend like four years ago, and her and her husband both still had their rock. <laughs> And she's like, I just never could Still let it go. I mean, I'm like, just go to confession already, you know? So, yeah. so there's, I mean, there's, it's not just, well, I mean, what, for example, at least in this diocese, what we're doing in Catholic school, and Christian would have went through uh, the same school I did, St. Mary's, um, at a very different time, and when it was just uh, rock solid, all of our schools. Right, my chaplain's sitting right there. So right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Careful what you say. It was say. almost like 90%. But anyway, so so to see what's happening now and in, in the force that, that it's, you know, rolling with, you know, it's still in your generation, there's plenty that need to be catechized. But, I, Mark, I, the deacon, I think that you're really on to something. Like, the, the catechesis mm-hmm. is needed in, you know, the Absolutely generation right. Xers and even the baby boomers to a certain extent. Yeah. Look at the scriptures, too. So people don't come up to Jesus and say, oh, mighty healer, like, oh, you know, good shepherd. They say teacher. They say rabbi. Yep. You know, that's or what they're looking for. he taught with authority. He taught with authority, right? right. That's what really drew people to him, like his dynamic personality. Yeah, and, and he's a good teacher. Obviously, he was a phenomenal... 
How awesome would that be? Now, granted, we have the scriptures, but to listen to the Lord give a homily in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were walking away from that like, whoa, have you heard of this mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth? If you can have that kind of force also in you know the Catholic priesthood, which yeah. coming out of this garbage that we've been through, all of a sudden, you know, a whole era of men that are anointed with the Spirit in such a deep way that every time they preach, it's like Jesus preaching. Right. That would set the world on fire. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was kind of daydreaming. Somebody was texting. Somebody I was, was texting. I, was, I wasn't texting. I'm kidding. I was texting. He was dreaming of a world in which every homily that was ever given didn't suck. <laughs> That's what I was hoping awesome. for. Like, I mean, I can remember growing up, and I'm not going to get into who was preaching. And God loved people, you know, the priests that gave their their lives to the Lord that I received the sacraments. But I can remember being in high school and turning to my dad and being like. What was that all about? <laughs> Referring to the homily, and he would be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and so it's no wonder people stop coming. Not that you're there for the homily, and I want to be clear about that. You know, nobody should be coming to church for the homily, but, but let's be honest. The, the homily <clears throat> feeds you. The one thing, I mean, the least we can do as priests is like, care about our preaching Absolutely. and that we're giving a good message. You got one hour. For most of these people that you're going to get, what are you going to give them? Are you going to ramble about some garbage, or are you going to give them some meat and potatoes oh. so that they can take it through the week and want to come back or Or not prepared. <laughs> like, we've all been to that yeah. mess, right, where mm-hmm. the father's just rambling on about, you know, I remember I went to one one mass again when I was younger, and the guy was talking about his salmon fishing trip. <laughs> you know, it was like, so there I was... Casting that line, and he talks about pulling it in. I'm just like waiting for the punchline, like you know. So Jesus is throwing that line into your life, and he's like, "Yeah, it was like the best salmon I've ever caught in my life. I'm having it mounted." And he sat down, and I'm like, "Okay, where's the angle here? Meditate deeper on this, Justin. Go deeper with the salmon. I'm the salmon. No, no, I wasn't prepared for this mass, and he was more interested in salmon yeah. fishing than he was his priesthood." It's important to pray. I mean, we're taught that in the seminary to meditate and pray about your homily, and and prepare. You know, a few well, days think, in advance. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have a whole culture, <clears throat> a whole generation of priests that aren't praying as they should, yeah, the preaching's going to be terrible. So because you're, there's no encounter. You're, right? you're not give giving. You, you, have. you haven't. Re- yeah, you can't give what you don't have. You, you've received nothing. You can't give anything. We've right. got a whole. We got a whole <laughs> upper level here full of seminarians. I, I, I think you're seeing it. I can remember when I got to seminary, maybe major seminary, and this is a while ago now, but there were like, you know, my, my first year, first theology, there was like maybe five of us doing a whole, holy hour of like 280, you know, or whatever it was. And then, but by the time I left, that chapel was full every day. And now it's a formation issue if, if you're, you're not, not doing a holy hour. Absolutely. And so, bless, blessed Archbishop Shane? No. He was just made a blessed. Not yet. I'm he's almost well. He's, he's going, going to be, going but to it's be. been approved, right? So we can call him blessed. Blessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, gonna, we really can't. It's no. going to be. You mark my words. Here's another prophecy. It's going to be. It's going to be Saint. Uh, well, maybe Bishop even Sheen, maybe even have these guys talk about just just the holy hour in yeah, your own life. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How's that changed you from the beginning to, to the point where you're at? At now? this point, it's weird if you don't have it. Like the, your whole day mm-hmm. just kind of gets thrown off, um, and like. I don't know what it is, like, psychologically, I mean, spiritually, obviously, but, yeah, it's just like something's missing. Right, absolutely. He's missing. Yeah, I go to Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis, and our rector 
Father Mason encourages and highly recommends a morning holy hour to do it. And and I have to say, this is going to be my sixth year there, and just when I started going, there's maybe three or four of us there at 6 Mm a.m., and now I would say about a third to half of the men are there by... I bet over half are there by 6.15. And that's a great way to you know? start your, your day, right? Absolutely. Give God your best. Yep. He deserves your best. Not you're where alert. you're just like, you know, well, wait until you get ordained, you know. And right. You got, <laughs> there, might be, or, there might be times where you have such a crazy day that it's, you know, pretty late at night, but you're still there. Right. That's the point. Like, I'm not going to miss that. And right. having done the Holy Hour for like 17 years of my life, like, it's not like, oh, hey, I got to do this, you know, white knuckle devotion. I need to go sit in front. I mean, that's him. Like, if, if you're not getting into the priesthood because... Because you just want to be with Jesus first and foremost, mm-hmm. then a guy shouldn't be getting into the priesthood. Period. The work is in addition. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. He's the reason why I'm a priest, and then subsequently, he sends me on a mission to do whatever. All right. Well, we want to thank uh, Christian Smith and, and Deacon Mark Ani for being on with us. We want to thank all of our guests. We want to thank all the seminarians in the special ways we did at the beginning. We want to thank uh, Jim Helfrey, Todd Porter, and Tim Porter for letting us use their cabins for the summer gathering. Uh, folks, it's been great being with you. After this show, just so you all know, we're going right from this show into a holy hour. So we'll be praying for all of you, and, and please be praying for all of our guys. I'm going to throw it to Eli for preview of the next show. All righty. Thank you, Father. Here's what's coming up on our next show. That's tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, hosted by <laughs> Father Will Thompson and Matt Wilkham. They'll be live from the Jeremiah Program Campus in Rochester, Minnesota. It's a national nonprofit aimed at ending the cycle of poverty for single mothers and their children, two generations at a time. And now the Jeremiah program is making a home in Rochester. Tune in as we find out more about the beauty and goodness of this program and why is there why there is such a need for it in southern Minnesota. Then God asks us to bring the gospel to others and to be his ambassadors. What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Doug and Sandy Stuckel will delve more into this calling during the segment. And she was an employed mo- unemployed mother of an infant. She had no place to live. She had no family because her mother was arrested for being a ringleader in one of the biggest meth busts in Colorado. And she only had a high school education. Where does Brittany Block's story go from here? Tune in to find out during our next Inspired segment. All of this coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Now, back to you, Father. Thanks, Eli. So uh, before we uh, break for the entire show, I just wanted to ask one more question to the seminarians. Um, what is in in your own life? What is what are you most excited about uh, in the in the area of the priesthood? <clears throat> I mean, obviously you said preaching. Obviously you said you know evangelization. What what's going lifelong? You know what do you, what, what what excites you the most? I guess seeing the conversion of people's hearts mm-hmm. of of growing in love. With, with the Lord, and that's a process, even for us as future priests. You got it. Just as time goes on, just as married couples hopefully grow in their love for each other, so does our love for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that will show in our ministry and our interaction with each other and with the people of God. For me, uh, the Mass, I think, just <clears throat> like being able to say it every day. Um, and the point that always gets me is when the priest says, Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, doing communion services this summer has been kind of like awaken that you know spiritual element uh, in that uh, for me and so that's just like to, uh, as a whole and not just a communion service so that's, that's <laughs> right. the real deal right. it is absolutely even 12 years in now uh, the highlight of my entire day so I would add into that though you guys need to either 
not need, but look forward to the brotherhood and the fraternity of the, the priesthood itself. So we want to thank all the seminarians for being here out of Lake Isabel. It's been wonderful, everybody, uh, to be on the air again with you today. Hopefully this was a very spiritually enriching time for you. We're going to be on next month, and we look forward to hearing from you. Until then, I'm Father Justin Walsh. And I'm Father Josh Walsh. And we are the Sons of Thunder! This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.